33 is all you can muster from the newsroom. <clears throat> That's correct, sir. Mm-hmm. But at this time of year, you still get a little melting because of the sun angle, even though there's not much sun. Yeah, I'm not worried about the, uh, I'm not worried about the amount of snow. I just don't want it to be cold anymore. March snowfalls don't bother me. They're kind of festive. Yeah, For this about, uh, about an hour last night, around the dinner hour, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a fun storm to watch. The wind howling yes. and the snow whipping. Uh, and then for the second time this year, this morning, I got the Virgin driveway. Oh, it works out sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Can't beat the Virgin driveway. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a thing of beauty. And, and it was really Virgin because it, the driveway had long since gone back to uh, its natural state, its pavement. Yes. And so th- that, was, that was virginity. You were getting right down to the... Uh, Right down to the bricks. Yeah, that was. Uh, I I didn't I didn't have that luxury, but uh, I'm I'm happy that you did. Why didn't you have it? Because there were cars on the um, already parked in the driveway of and, the garage. Yeah, yeah. So it just it wasn't. Do you even keep out. a car in the garage? Yes, uh-huh. I keep the uh, the car I got ripped off on. Yeah. in the garage. Where's the director of social media? On his uh, way he in? is on his way in, so drive slow, Reavers. We'll we'll be okay. Uh, he had some uh, some family issues that were uh, not distressful. Just kids throw up or something. Or I think yeah, with the storm, I think this uh, school closing, that kind of stuff. You know that uh, humans, human, us, right? People, people man, man, women. They're now attacking uh, driverless cars in road rage incidents. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, in California, there's been a couple of cases where motorists have, have slapped and uh, hectored the uh, the driverless car. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, there's there's really no one to respond. Right. You'd you'd rap on the window and go, "Hey, dummy!" And then well, they did have there's... people in them because it's still the law in California that you have to have people in a driverless car as they test them. Uh, but it, there's no reports that the people that were in the driverless cars responded to the incidents of road rage. See, this is what, this is the problem with driverless cars. I don't like the idea. I don't either. Uh, 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 the driver of a car, especially, you know, when you're talking on the, the federated spots, when you talk about, you know, getting upset or, or, or when you're driving and, and things happen, but someone that's really mad and has some road rage, that driverless car can't react fast enough. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that right? That's what I'm saying. That's why driverless cars are, are a bad thing. Of six crash reports involving robot cars filed in California so far this year, two involved a human approaching the car and attacking it. Mm. I, it, it reporting isn't what it used to be from the Los Angeles Times, so we don't know why. Uh, other motorists were offended by the behavior of the driverless car. On January 2nd, a Chevy Bolt EV operated by General Motors Cruise Driverless Car Division 
in San Francisco's Mission District was waiting at a green light for pedestrians to cross when a man ran across Valencia Street against the Do Not Walk symbol, shouting, and struck the left side of the cruise, AV's rear bumper and hatch with his entire body, mm. damaging a taillight, according to a report filed with the California Department of Motor Vehicles. No one was injured, and police were not called. The car was in autonomous mode, but a driver was behind the wheel as required by current law. Okay. On Jan 28, a GM Cruise Bolt EV with a human driving the car stopped behind a taxi on Dubose Street, D-U-B-O-C-E, Dubochi? I don't know. D-U-B-O-C-E. In San Francisco, when the driver of the taxi exited his vehicle, approached the Cruise AV and slapped the front fender, I'm sorry, slapped the front passenger window causing a scratch. There were no injuries, and police were not called. Mm. Cars capable of autonomous operation can be legally tested on public roads in California with permits if a human sits behind the steering wheel ready to take control. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Of the six accidents reported so far in 2018, three were in autonomous mode and three in manual mode. The four that did not involve human attack were of the fender-bender variety. None involved injuries and damage range from minor to none. Newly issued reg- regulations will allow cars with permits to be driven on public roads with no human driver on board starting April 2nd. Oof, I do not like that. And I predict uh, once that begins, the uh, the rates of uh, rage against the driverless cars will even increase as other motorists fail to realize they're really... Uh, connecting with anybody when they do that right yeah they're just they're meant to just okay uh i it's not meant to be funny or silly but i have a rookie like question all right then it'll be it'll be one or the two um will this will driverless cars benefit blind people in what sense if i'm blind and i want to go to the grocery store yeah can I program the car to drive to uh, Lunds? What does a blind person do now? Gets a ride or probably maybe calls Metro Mobility. But I'm just, I'm saying, I wonder if that's the, the future. I, I, maybe it's not now, but boy, if I was blind, that would give you complete freedom. I, I, I'm more freedom. Not that there are shut-ins, but... I would imagine that if you're sightless... Uh, what what would be to what would be to keep you from owning a, a a driverless car? Yeah, you're probably right. You get in and hell by the time this happens, you'll be able to say, "Take me to Cub," right? And then off it goes. Hey Malibu, you know, take me to the store. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of cool. <clears throat> Stories from the high seas. Here we go. Intrigue me today. Why? I just stumbled across. And, you know, you, we had a little meeting uh, prior. I haven't asked you yet what you've come up with. Oh, I've got a, I've got something that... It's but I said, I said you check with me every noon, and I said today, please contribute. Yeah. Uh, and you've informed me that you have. I think I, got a, uh, I think I got a real... Something you're really going to want to sink your teeth into, as uh, so to speak. All right. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. I'm just oh, saying... Oh, not now? No, oh. I'm just saying I, I've asked I you to right contribute here. today. Uh, yeah. I, I put the show together, but every now and then I I, I ask you to contribute. You just, test me. Just to see if, yeah. 
if that's possible, and you've informed me today that you've... Oh, I got a doozy. Uh-huh. It's a, uh, a real Dunwoody Barnburn. Commencing garage logic segment number two. Beginners, it's a panoramic view. From Her Majesty Mount Zion. This is the second day in a row when someone's applying for a uh, spot on the show. Yesterday we had an environmental guy. This guy's calling from California? Uh, yes, he's applying for a correspondence role. Chad? Hail, Mayor. Hail you. Never miss a show. Wonderful. Thanks for the behind the scenes, too. Yes, I'm applying today via voice yep. for on-site correspondent in California for decay and despotism. I would like to be utopian and wonderful things, but when that tide change, we'll, we'll go with a different correspondent role. Where in California are you? I'm literally halfway between San Diego and L.A. Okay. So I'm in the place where you can kind of afford to live. Right. Uh, Housing-wise, pricing. Well, I know that area yeah. very well. What's the name of your town? Canyon Lake. I don't know that, so never mind. A little bit of peri- paradise. Yeah, yeah, our slogan is a little bit of paradise. Conservative, we do. We're a golf court, yeah. golf cart community. Yeah, we do um, a f- um, festive day parade where everyone uh, loads up their golf carts with uh, decorations and they parade down Main Street. All right, it's fun. All right, you may the, you you have the job. You call us when you think. Do you, you want an example? Yeah, I gotta leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's two examples I would say that would give us hope for Orange County still remaining somewhat on the. Um, to-do list of, of taking care of problems. Right. Along the riverbed, along Anaheim Stadium there, yeah. in the city of Orange, um, maybe five, ten thousand 10,000, started to grow and grow and grow. So they all rounded them up one day. I don't know if they gave them hotel rooms, but they you're got talk, You're of, talking a homeless population started to grow. Correct. The yeah. tenth city. Yep. Yeah. I've seen pictures now, of it. Yeah. Now, so they, so they did something about it, right? We got to solve this problem. In L.A., it's a different story. It's noble, you know. So you got fifty-eight thousand. They're projecting homeless. Right. You're. I'll drive up there for work, and you'll see toilets on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. You'll see just you know doing odd jobs where they don't want to take it to the dump because it's going to charge them a hundred bucks or something. Right. They'll just sit on the side of the road. Right. And LA is just shrugging their shoulders. But I'm going to predict this, or I won't predict it because I truly hope it doesn't happen. Potentially, in these ten cities, huge plagues could break out. That could be. Devastating. I don't think no. that's I don't think that's implausible at all. So yeah. Well, let's well, I, stay in touch and good luck to you. Hey, love you for a long time. Miss the homeland. Um, spring's on the way. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chad in uh, Canyon Lake, California. Nice. How do you like that? Listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast at podcastone.com. The oldest known message in a bottle. Message in a bottle. police, isn't it? The oldest known message in a bottle was found on a Washington beach 132 years after being tossed overboard. Wow. Mm -hmm. How do we know this? Who Uh, found it? I'm sorry. WA stands for West Australian, Ah, not Washington. We're going down under. A Perth family has uh, made a historical discovery after becoming bogged on a West Australian beach. Tonya Illman was walking across sand dunes just north of Wedge Island, uh, north of Perth, when she noticed something sticking out of the sand. It looked like a lovely old bottle, so I picked it up thinking it might look good in my bookcase, she said. But 
Illman realized she had likely uncovered something far more special when out fell a damp, rolled-up piece of paper tied with string. Okay. Uh, my son's girlfriend was the one who discovered the note when she went to tip the sand out, she said. The message was dated June 12, 1886, and said it had been thrown overboard from the German sailing bark Paula, 950 miles from the West Australian coast. After conducting their own research online, the Illman family were convinced they had either made an historically significant discovery or fallen victims to an elaborate hoax. Hmm. Well, it turns out the Germans were throwing these bottles in the water to track currents. Mm-hmm. Between 1864 until 1933, thousands of bottles were thrown overboard from German ships, each containing a form on which the captain would write the date, the ship's coordinates, and details about its route. It was part of an experiment by the German Naval Observatory to better understand global ocean currents. Huh. On the back, the messages asked the finder to write when and where the bottle had been found and return it, either to the German Naval Observatory in Hamburg, ah, or the nearest German consulate. The Illmans took their find to the Western Australian Museum, where assistant curator of maritime archaeology Ross Anderson conducted a series of investigation. Hmm. He determined it was a mid to late 19th century Dutch gin bottle, and the form inside was written on cheaply made 19th century paper. But more needed to be done to shore up the bottle's authenticity, and he contacted colleagues in the Netherlands and Germany. The colleague compared handwriting samples from the form in the captain's entries in Paula's meteorological journal. Extraordinary finds need extraordinary evidence to support them, Dr. Wow. Anderson said. The date and coordinates uh, correspond exactly with those of the bottle message. The handwriting is identical in terms of cursive style, slant, font, spacing, stroke emphasis, capitalization, Jeez. and numbering style. So you got to check this stuff out. Thank you. Here we go. Wait for it. Thank you. Uh... It's the oldest known message in a bottle in the world. The second oldest was just over 108 years old. Uh, Kim and Tonya Illman uh, have loaned their find to the uh, Western Australia Museum to display for the next two years. Okay. We don't know what will become of it after after that. But I uh, I just, that's amazing. And I'm looking at the message. What is the message? I mean, it's just... Well, it's written in German, so I can't Ah, read. it says... Uh, Dear Finder. Uh, Dear Finder. Dear Finder, why... Meine Mutter managed to tank Stella. Uh, Deutsch, Seawert in Hamburg. Uh, German. Send an older Montemiga boat to Buchetanta Tita. Yes. Oh, it's real. It's, it's legit. They found a, a message... Uh, in a Dutch gin bottle that had been dumped overboard uh, in 1886. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it uh, it had one of Sid's columns in it. <laughs> well, I mean, that was so easy, wasn't it? It was way too that easy. That was terrible. It was way that too was easy. That was just terrible. How cool is that, though? That would be really... Uh, I mean, I wonder when they started doing that. Like a well, message I, in a you bottle. Ever, you ever listen to the show? 
I just said the Germans did this between. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I mean, when it first started. When were they? Uh, you get stranded on the desert island. You got a bottle. I suppose you put a note in there. You, send you help. Have a bottle on the desert island. You yeah. wouldn't have a. That's what I'm saying. That you'd have to be advanced enough to have a bottle and have the cork in it, and me, then. Let me read this to you one more time. No, I'm not talking about the Germans. Well, this it, is where it started with the it, Germans. No, oh, that, yeah. it was done before that. I'm going to give credit to the Germans. This is when the Germans started doing it. Between 1864 until 1933, thousands of bottles were thrown overboard from German ships, each containing yeah. a form on which the captain would write the date, the ship's coordinates, and details about its route. It was a part of an experiment by the German Naval Observatory to better understand global ocean currents. This this bottle won't really help them much, will it? No. Who knows? This thing, this thing could have been around the world 17 times. Right. And it's, you know, they found it off the coast of Australia. That's right. Western yeah. Australia, which I thought was Washington. So but it it's WA. Mm. Western Australia. But the ship, Man, when it dumped thing. that bottle overboard, was in that part of the world. So maybe that bottle's been sitting there for a hundred years, could be, and no one ever saw it before. Well, that's uh, tales from the sea. I love tales from the sea. But what do you? What do they expect? They it's on loan to the museum. Sure, people will go look at it. <laughs> there it is. There, there's the, the shelf B. Look at that. There's the note. Hasn't, uh, same as last year yeah. when we looked at it. Yeah, there's, got it. Okay, just a moment. Is John yeah. Height ready? Uh, John Height is ready. The large segment number three. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 33 degrees. This update brought to you by Catholic United Financial. Uh, Rook, I have the answer to your question. Bottle, oh. Bottled messages date to about 310 B.C. Wow. So they were pretty advanced making bottles back then. Started with water current studies by the Greek philosopher Theophrastus. I'll be uh, damned, Johnny. That a boy. That's a hard name to say. Theo Theophrastus. Theophrastus. Uh, and uh, did you know Queen Elizabeth in the 16th century created an official position of uncorker of ocean bottles? Really? And you couldn't open them under uh, the death penalty because they thought some of them may contain spy notes. I see. So they wouldn't let you. I see. Oh. And, uh, and a lot of famous people have done current studies, including Benjamin Franklin, where they just, you know, were throwing bottles right. every place trying to see which way they'd float. So oh, that's good to know. That's all I could find out. Okay, Very good. So it that's didn't enough. start It didn't start with the Germans. No. It started no. with the Greeks. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota Wild in action tonight. They're playing the Carolina Hurricanes at the Excel Energy Center. The Twins are playing baseball this afternoon, exhibition baseball against the Orioles. It's 5-2 to two Baltimore in the fourth inning. Jorge Polanco has a home run for the Twins. Alberto Mejia, not a great start again for Mejia. Three innings, four hits. He gave up three earned runs. The NFL has announced the retirement of referee Ed Hockley. Ending the career of football's most colorful referee, his decision had been rumored uh, for months, but he refused to confirm it publicly. Uh, oddly enough, his son, Sean, an NFL back judge, was promoted to replace him. It's a family business. Exactly. Yeah. The NFL also announced its promoted side judge, Alex Kemp, to replace the recently retired Jeff Triplett as a referee. News notes from today. For the second straight year, Minneapolis-St. Paul International ranked the best airport of its size in North America today. The Airports Council International named MSP the best airport in America among air terminals that serve 25 to 40 million passengers each year, the second largest category in 2016 and 2017. ACI surveyed more than 600,000 travelers from 84 countries last year on 
34 performance indicators, including access to check-in, security screening, restrooms, stores, and restaurants. And Minneapolis-St. Paul ranked the best of its size. Xcel Energy has notified regulators its revenue needs this year will be reduced by about $140 million bucks due to federal tax cuts, but remains to be seen how much of that savings will be passed on to utility customers. In a filing with the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission, Excel said customers will get the full value of the tax reform benefits without being specific. Excel is the state's largest electric company. President Trump denying the White House is chaotic, but says more staff probably will leave as he seeks what he calls perfection. The president tweeting this morning, the fake news narrative is that there's chaos in the White House. Wrong. People will always come and go, and I want strong dialogue before making a final decision. He said, I still have some people that I want to change, always seeking perfection. There is no chaos, only great energy. President pushing back against news reports that the White House is again being consumed by dysfunction. Trump last week made a surprise announcement. He was slapping tariffs on steel and aluminum uh, imports. His communications director abruptly announced her resignation, and the questions persist about the longevity of other top White House aides. Meanwhile, U.S. Office of Special Counsel announced today White House aide Kellyanne Conway violated the Hatch Act on two occasions by advocating for and against candidates in last year's Alabama Senate special election. In a new report, the OSC Special Counsel Henry Kerner pointed to Conway's TV interviews conducted in her official capacity in November and December of last year. The agency said Conway impermissibly mixed official government business with political views about candidates in the Alabama special election. In a letter to President Trump, Kerner said he's referring her violations for the president's consideration of, in his words, appropriate disciplinary action. The White House did not immediately respond to a request for comments. Forbes magazine is revealing its annual list of billionaires. The magazine highlights the more than 2,200 billionaires around the world who hold a combined net worth of about $9.1 trillion bucks. At number five is Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. He's estimated uh, worth as $71 billion. Number four is chairman and CEO of luxury goods company LVMH, Bernard Anoll, and his family with $72 billion. American business magnate and investor Warren Buffett sits at the top, uh, or the third spot, excuse me, with $84 billion. Bill Gates is number two at $90 billion. He's dropped one spot. He was Ooh, number one, of course, last gotta year. It's got to be this Amazon knucklehead. You are correct, Joe. Mm-hmm. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos is number one. He's the first, now this is a new word to me that I found in this story, mm-hmm. centibillionaire. Because it's a new one to me, too. Because he's over $100 billion. <laughs> Uh, he's tops on the list at 112 billion. So he's uh, even though Gates was number one last year, uh, Bezos is 22 billion dollars up on him. And you I'm just trying to. That. You couldn't spend it. I'm just trying to finish off my hockey fees. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the 20th anniversary of the release of a film we all know and love, The Big Lebowski. 20 years, man. It's held up well. Yeah, it's, it's held up, but I don't know if it'll stand. No, I do mind. Uh, the dude minds. This will not stand. You know, stand. this aggression will not stand, man. One of the uh, many reasons <laughs> to love the movie is the eclectic mix of music used in the film. Uh, from the Sons of the Pioneers' Tumbling Tumbleweeds to the dude's Odyssey set to Kenny Rogers and the first editions just dropped in, the T-Bone Burnett-produced soundtrack is one of the many reasons the film's a classic. In fact, former Rolling Stones manager Alan Klein offered up the rights to the Stone song Dead Flowers gratis for free. Really? He didn't it, take it? Initially, yeah. Klein wanted one hundred and fifty grand, huh? But he so much liked the scene where the dude talks about hating the Eagles. Right. 
Man, could you change the channel? If you don't like my music, get your own cab. I had a really now rough... Now flip to the side and kick your ass out. Man, come on. I had a rough night, and I hate the f***ing eagles, man. <laughs> When Klein, oh, when Klein saw that scene, he waived the licensing fee and let him use dead flowers in the film for nothing. Now, the Eagles cracked... Did they use it? Yeah, it was in the film. Well, I don't yeah. remember that. Uh, I think it was just playing in the background oh. in some scene. I'm not sure. Uh, the Eagles crack apparently ended up causing some friction when Jeff Bridges later ran into Eagles member Glenn Fry. Uh, Bridges said in an interview, I can't remember exactly what he said, but my anus tightened up a bit. See, now that surprised yeah, well. me. The dude the binds. Yeah. <laughs> See, that surprises me because I I just assumed that that line was in there because Bridges was buddies with the Eagles, that yeah, they would have yeah. traveled in the same circles. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess not. But it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. 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 A uh, father in Virginia who said his son was kicked off the bus for three days for bullying made him run to school instead in the rain. The father advocated for what he called old school simple parenting in several Facebook videos that show the boy running. Brian Thornhill's Facebook Live video recorded while driving behind his son was viewed by almost 2 million people. Thornhill said they joked that the boy will either be fast or obedient, but he said so far we're working on fast. Thornhill also shared video of his son's second and third morning jogs along with the parenting advice, if you get your panties in a wad seeing a kid jog, well, I feel sorry for you. Third video shows the boy's sister trying to run with him. The boy leaves dad far behind in What's that one. Was she a potential bullier? Is that why she was running with him? <laughs> well, you in know training? what? I guess that's good for the parent, isn't it? I mean, uh, that's a, you're embarrassing that student without well, harming them anymore. Right to not bully, and yeah. the, hopefully the message will be received. Yeah. Uh, Thornhill said, ironically, since he's been running to school, his behavior has been much better. Teachers have approved of his behavior this week. He hasn't gotten in trouble at all. Whereas last week, he was absolutely out of his mind in trouble. Thornhill. Thornhill, correct. That was the name of uh, <clears throat> Cary Grant's character in North by Northwest, Roger Thornhill. That's right. Ah, Rook would know all about they're that. They're laying right? it down where they shouldn't be laying it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to address down my youngest son when we were at a function. An adult was talking to him. He was tired, and he gave one-word answers without looking at this lady. Oh, that's that good. So in the car, he got addressed down saying, you have to talk to people, yep. and, or we're just going to take your phone away. Yeah, okay. I didn't make him run in the rain. All right. Yeah. Nashville Mayor Megan Barry resigned this morning and pleaded guilty to a felony theft charge a month after the rising Democratic star admitted to an affair with her bodyguard. She said at a news conference shortly after she appeared before a judge and pleaded guilty, while my time today as your mayor concludes, my unwavering love and sincere affection for this wonderful city and its great people never ends. When Barry first admitted January 31st to having an affair with Sergeant Robert Forrest, she said she planned to stay in office as Nashville's mayor. Uh, but this morning, she entered the guilty plea to the theft charge. Her lawyer said in a court hearing that Barry would resign later in the day as part of the agreement to leave her job. Is Dave Dahl uh, ready? To... I get it. Got it? I don't get it. You are dumb. You are not a romantic. Whitney Houston, bodyguard. Yeah, she was. Uh, Kevin Costner. She was involved with Kevin Costner, her bodyguard. See, and the mayor was involved with her bodyguard in the Man, Nashville could she, thing. Could she sing though? Huh. Uh huh. I wonder so, if Dave can so, sing. So, so the 
The mayor of Tennessee had a bodyguard problem, the Nashville or whatever. Yes, had uh, an affair with the sergeant who was the head of her uh, I see. security. Why detail. Why uh, is that a big problem? Was she, uh, are they both married? There was also a theft charge involved uh, with some money, a felony theft charge, actually. And uh, Just if you're a politician, just get the politics Is done. Dave uh, Dahl ready? Yeah, he is. All he's, right. he's good to go. David Wallace Dahl. His forecast is brought to us by Catholic United Financial. And here's Barry Dahl. Hi, Dave. Hi there, Joe. 33 degrees out there. We came in with just under four inches officially at the airport. Some spots to our south had uh, six to seven down around Lakeville, uh, down toward Faribault, and then also out to our west, they had seven to eight, uh, almost nine inches in Wilmer. And up to our north, just north of uh, St. Cloud, they had 9.2 inches there. And just north of Brainerd, a little over 10 inches. So, uh, you know, pretty healthy amount of snow across eastern Minnesota. Here in the Twin Cities officially, uh, though, we're seeing basically between 4 and 6 inches fell. Now, all that snow is pushing off to the south. The skies are starting to clear. It's going to get colder tonight with that fresh blanket of snow down to 12 above. Partly cloudy skies by after midnight tonight. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, still cool. A high of only 28. Back up to 30 on Thursday with sunshine. Friday, sunny and 34. And then on Saturday, cloudy skies, a chance of some light snow developing late. That snow continues into Sunday. So both days of the weekend have a little bit of snow. 37 on Saturday, 34 for the high on Sunday. It doesn't look like it's going to be a big deal at this point. And a high getting back up to 40 by Tuesday of next week. Today, Joe, we should top out right around 34. Right now we're at 33. I want to say we're done, but this could happen in April, couldn't it? It, it can happen in April. We had, Just a couple of years ago, we had a foot of snow on May 2nd, I believe. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah let's uh, not do that All this right, year. thank you. Okay. Charlie, go ahead, please. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hey, I got a, uh, about oh, a short time ago, I read an article in AMA magazine that these self-driving cars, mm-hmm. they are... They are designed, the program is designed such that they will kill the fewest amount of people in an accident. Okay. That means if you're in, on a motorcycle and you get into one, you are in deep trouble. Mm-hmm. So they're, the, the AMA has been pushing them to redesign the program so it would take into account some other different factors. But I, I don't know, maybe if you're even in the vicinity of an accident, uh, the motorcycle could be picked out as the least number of vehicles. There's the least number of fatalities. So there's there's lots of problems with that programming. That's got to be very intricate programming. I'm opposed to it. Yes, I am too. All right, thank Sir, you. Sir, when are you gonna when are you gonna get our station down here in Rochester area to carry your program again? Rook, we've, yeah, been, KROC, on, we've been on there for years. Uh, KROC was the one of the most loyal affiliates down there. What are they running now? Oh, I, I can't remember what it is. I don't listen to it anymore. Good for you. You should call KROC and tell them. But uh, we'll try I to have. find another one down there in Rochester. Good people down there. Absolutely, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, may I return to the high seas? If you please. And again, it's uncanny how uh, my watching of this Blue Planet series has affected my take on the news. Okay. Uh, a couple of times during the uh, Blue Planet series, uh, we saw a film of large container ships out at sea in impossible wave conditions. Okay. Those those container ships listing over significantly. I don't know how they do that. And I said to myself, "Well, they're going to lose they're going to lose containers, which apparently is very common." Thus, this story: cargo ship loses more than seventy containers off the outer banks of the Carolinas. 
Mirsk, M-A-E-R-S-K. Yes, I see their trucks all the time. Sure. Uh, the Coast Guard warned mariners that 70 cargo containers fell off a cargo ship Saturday night about 17 miles off Oregon Inlet. The cargo ship Mirsk, Shanghai, told the Coast Guard by radio that it lost about 70 to 73 cargo containers due to high winds and heavy seas, according to a Coast Guard release. The Coast Guard urges all mariners to travel the area with caution. In 2006, a container filled with thousands of bags of Doritos washed up in Frisco, attracting dozens of scavengers. And dope smokers. (laughs) The North Carolina Department of Transportation closed North Carolina 12 on Hatteras Island from Bonner Bridge South. The ocean has washed over the highway at several locations. Officials with the Cape Hatteras National Seashore Cautioned against driving or walking on the beaches. Hazardous debris, including the containers, could wash ashore or be uncovered. Visitors can report sightings of the containers or other dangerous materials, and they give a phone number. Mm. Well, reporting isn't what it used to be. I'd love to know what's What's in the containers. That was the first thing. As you were, I thought you were going to get to it, oddly enough. Well, they mentioned in 2006... Uh, the bags of Doritos, but what what were in these seventy to seventy three containers? Do you remember all the cars that Blue fell? Blue jeans, yeah. Cars, sponges. Oh, you're talking about the incident where a ship uh, loaded with Mazdas, yes, uh, went over uh, on its side, and uh, I think it righted itself, but the cars got wet. They got really messed up, and they up, had yeah. to abandon the cars. They were like Pat, yeah, who whose interior was uh, was all wet. I would have taken my chances. I mean, just drive it out. So right. But they couldn't, I suppose, for warranty problems and what have you. Disclosure. And- but uh, can you imagine what might have been in those containers? And then I have another question. What? Why don't we make Doritos in this country? I really, I really hope so. I really hope that they continue to make Doritos. Where do we Look make it up Doritos? real quick. Yeah. So if we're making Doritos in this country, were they thousands of bags of Doritos that were going across the ocean to other continents? Oh, that could be. Maybe we maybe we export Doritos. Our whole economy could be the, uh, based on the exportation wow. of Doritos. Wait a minute now. What? What'd in the think? early days of Disneyland, a restaurant named Casa de Fritos invented Doritos by repurposing stale tortillas they bought from a local vendor. The chips proved to be so popular, they were eventually rolled out nationally by Frito-Lay in 1966. Really? Uh, what country are Doritos made in? they got to be made here. Yeah. Uh, United States. Yeah. So that must have been uh, because, uh, because, you know, the Doritos you get at your house get to the grocery store by a truck from the plant. Yes. So these must have been thousands of bags of Doritos headed to Europe or Asia or India or Africa or whatever. Uh, Let's see. Overwhelm. Okay, Tulsa. Trying to see where they are, but they don't don't break it down. That's not terribly important. At least we know they're here. We've established that they're here. But in the Blue Planet, you see these, uh, 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 I I think the... uh, Doritos? I think the the message you were to get from the Blue Planet is the danger that the of creatures face with all of the ocean travel out there and the container ships and and they showed these ships in the most violent violent mm. weather. It was unimaginable. 
to to think of these gargantuan ships keeling over like that and hanging on. <laughs> I can't imagine being on one of them. I, that would well because the weight would freak you out. You're going to topple. Well, they got it down to a science. I'm sure it's all physics, how it's balanced and all that. But I I thought to myself, well, there's no way they're not going to lose some containers. Right. And then, sure enough, here's this story that uh, we just had a Mirsk ship lose 70 containers off uh, uh, Cape Hatteras. And then at what point are the containers just like a, is it a, like a shipwreck where they're just common yeah, law or common ground? You can go get them, whatever they want? Well, scavengers took care of the Doritos. I'm not sure if you're going to open it. It's a box of, you know, it's a container of diapers. What well, I guess people might take them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't... It. I would imagine it belongs to whoever was shipping them, right? Yeah, I, but I, I thought know. on the sea, when something goes down, it becomes uh, fair, fair game. game. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Wild host Carolina tonight, a desperate Carolina club, but three points out of the wild card berth in the East. Well, let's put them away. Put them away. Don't show any mercy. Eight to three. Let's go. They're just. They're just so. Eight to nothing. Wild have just been so terribly inconsistent. That's uh, what's so. so I, I can't figure out. They're hard. To, they're hard to call. They're hard to. They're hard to predict. Yeah. But it's a home game, so who knows? I predict a win. Fifteen hundred. The win. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's uh, 33 degrees. We'll be back in just a moment.